what? Wonder. wonder or wonder? Wonder. Who said wonder? Don't raise your hand. Wonder. It's wonder, okay? Uh, so the executives, your lovely executives, came up to me and asked me to talk about this theme of wonder. And I said, okay, you got to tell me more because I'm not some kind of genius that knows everything. And this is the verse that they gave me, and I just want to read it to you really quick. Isaiah 53 verse 6 says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Okay, each of us have turned to our own ways, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Okay, and this is what they also sent to me. They said, this is kind of what we're looking for. They said, we should be comfortable. Okay, this is about you guys. We should be comfortable with the idea that it's okay to be, to be where you are in your relationship with God. As long as you reach out, God will be more than willing to have a relationship with you. And when I first read this, I said, wow, that is so beautiful. Isn't that not beautiful, you guys? Amen. How many of you guys are just like, eh? It's majestic. It's majestic, right? It's a beautiful statement. Oh my, you guys, when I read this, I was just thinking like, wow, this came from you guys, right? Okay, maybe not directly. So there's this misconception. We go to church all the time. Oh, it's bright, I see the light. Thank you. I see your face too now. Okay, so there's this huge misconception. We think of when we think of church, we come to church to find ways to connect with God, right? We come to church because people tell us when we come to church, we can figure out how to get closer to God, how to find God, right? That's why we go to church, no? Okay, but there's a big misconception in that. Yes, we go to church to find God, but there's a misconception that we think that's what it's all about. But the mind-blowing reality to all of this is this. Think about it, okay? When we look at the Bible and we look at these stories about, you know, people searching for God and finding God in all these experiences, there's a more beautiful story that's laying out the entire Bible. And you guys know what that is? You guys are like, well, I don't know. It's people looking for God, right? No. Not only is it that, it's about God searching for you and I, right? In the Bible, you see story after story of not only just people searching for God and trying to experience God in their life, it's about God looking for you, right? That's the beautiful thing about the Bible, and that's the big misconception. We think it's just about us searching for God, but the reality is, it's God is searching for each and every one of you here, right? We are all spiritually wandering in our lives, right? And regardless of where you are, what you do, your background, whether you're in a high place in your life or a low place in your life, God is searching for you. And that's such a beautiful thing, right? As a pastor, as a person, just that is like, oh, mind blown, right? There's three points that I want to share with you guys today. Really quick points that I want to share. If you want to write these down or if you want to just memorize it or put it on your phone, whatever you guys use these days. The first one, the first point that I want to share is it's okay to not be okay. What did I say? It's okay. So that's an oxymoron statement, right? That's like jumbo shrimp. Is that not oxymoron? Okay. It's an oxymoron. It's okay to not be okay. What do you mean, Pastor Tim? That's ridiculous, right? Okay, what I'm telling you here today, that God will meet you where you are, right? So it's okay to not be okay. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Come to me, all who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, right? God will come to you and I, right? As long as we're willing to say, Hey, I have so much on my plate. I'm having a hard time. God, come. Like, I need help. 
And God is more than willing to offer that to you. King David understood this as well. Psalms 34 verse 18, it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's beautiful, you guys. Are you guys hearing this? Are you guys like, oh, this is crazy. Ajishi talking up here, right? <laughs> right? Think about it. God will meet you where you are. There's a person in the Bible that I really like talking about. His name is Elijah. Do you guys know the story of Elijah? Hey, this guy is a prophet of God, right? What does he do? What is the biggest, most significant event in uh, Elijah's ministry? What is it? Doesn't he go to heaven? Oh, well, okay, that's pretty significant, but that's not what I was going to talk about. Okay? Way before that, what happens to Elijah? He goes in a battle, right? I like to call it the Super Bowl of the biblical times, right? What's going on? It's Elijah versus who? Baal. Baal, right? Baal and the prophets of Baal. So there's this battle going on, and long story short, what happens? God pulls through, and Elijah is victorious. Wins the Super Bowl 13-3, okay? Anyone watch the Super Bowl would know that reference, right? Okay, so wins the Super Bowl, right? And everything is great. You would think that Elijah's riding on the spiritual high now. Yeah, everything's great. But then there's this queen, right? Queen Jezebel. What does she want? She wants to kill him, wants his head, right? So what does Elijah do? After God pulled through and was victorious, what happened? Instead, Elijah's like, no thanks. This is not for me. I'm going to run, right? So what does he do? He runs, right? He says, God, I would rather die. I don't want to be alive. Like, I don't want to have to deal with this. But what does God do? God comes to him in the form of food. and He's like, hey, eat this. You got a long journey ahead of you. Sends him off and he goes. God shows up to Elijah wherever he was at. Even though he was on a spiritual low at that point, he wanted to give up on God. God was like, hey, I'm going to meet you where you are. Right? That's the beautiful thing about God. So it's okay to not be okay. Because God will meet you where you're at, right? Now, you might be thinking, Pastor, is that even possible? Like, does that even make sense? I'm going to tell you, it does make sense. Point number two. First point was what? It's okay, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. Point two. Love is an open door. So you might be like, oh, Pastor Tim, you stole that from something, right? Where is that from? Frozen. You actually never watched Frozen, so I don't know what the movie is about. I don't know what happens, but I know you guys are laughing like, oh, okay. But Love is an Open Door is one of the hit songs, right? Am I wrong? It's a pretty popular duet, right? At the end of the song, there's a line that goes like this, okay? Who is like a Frozen fanatic and just like knows the, the end of the song? Okay? Okay, it starts say goodbye and then what? Say goodbye to the pain in the past. What? We don't have to feel it anymore. Love is an open door. Love is an open door. Okay, so you guys know it. So it goes like this it says, Say goodbye to the pain of the past. We don't have to feel it anymore. Love is an open door. Love is an open door. Life can be so much more, right? So why is love an open door? Have you guys thought about that? What does it mean to have an open door? If the door is open, what does that mean? You can go in and out, right? Okay. It's a publicly open door. There's no secrets. There's no passwords. There's nothing. You just go in and out, right? So that is exactly how God's love works as well, right? God's love is like an open door. There's no locks, secrets. There's no trick into getting into it. It's simply an open door that all of us can go through, right? That's what God's love is like. So... First point, it's okay to not be okay, okay? It's okay to be broken, it's okay to be hurting, it's okay to not feel right with God, okay? 
And it's not okay, or it's okay to not have your life straight. Because why? Because God will meet you where you are. And the reason why that's possible is because God has this thing called an open door policy, right? It's called love. Love is that open door. There's a favorite parable of mine uh, in the Bible. It's a parable of the prodigal son. Are you guys familiar with that parable? Okay, kind of, maybe-ish, right? Uh, let me give you like a synopsis of this parable. So the parable goes, there's this father that has two sons, an older and a younger son, right? And the younger son, you know, one day comes to the father and is like, hey, dad, give me my money, give me my inheritance, right? And so the father goes, what? Okay, you can have the money, right? You guys, you guys following me? Follow along with me, okay? So the son gets the money and then goes off and spends it all and does whatever he wants. But why is it so significant that he's asking for the money from his father? Do you guys understand how significant this is? Because asking somebody for their inheritance in biblical times is the same thing as asking for that person to be dead, right? So now you can imagine the younger son is like, Dad, okay, translation, the Pastor Tim translation, Dad, I want you dead, so give me the money, right? Now, you guys should be thinking like, oh my gosh, like how could you say that, right? If I had a son and he came up to me and said, Papa, Donjo, right? Okay, maybe not, no, I wouldn't do that, okay? okay? If my son came up to me and said, Dad, I want you dead, give me the inheritance, the natural response and the natural feeling is what? It's God in this place. Okay? The natural feeling is, are you kidding me? I'm not going to die. But the father gives the son the money. The father could have easily said, no, I ain't going to give you this money. right? But the father gives the money. And what does the son do with it? He runs off, spends it, and then he finds himself in the pig pen of life. right? He's eating the pig's food. He's living a miserable life. And then he has this realization. I want to go back. I want to go back to my father. And he comes up with this plan to tell his father, like, like, you know, dad, like, I'm worthless. Like, I wished your death, and I did this terrible thing to you. So just treat me like a slave. Like, I'm no better than a slave. But what does the father do? This is so beautiful, you guys. It's going to make me cry. Like, think about this, right? What happens? As the son is coming home, as you can see him with mud on his feet, right? Smelling like pigs, starving, right? He's got a beard, like, you know, he looks like an old man now. He's coming back home and the father is like, runs out to him and embraces him and then has a celebration for this son, right? That's exactly what God's love looks like, right? It's an open door policy that even if you sin, even if you curse God and say, God, I want you to die, God will still accept you back, right? God's love is an open door. The last point, okay, first point was, it's okay to not be okay. Number two, love is an open door. And three, yeah, you don't know. I haven't told you yet, right? Number three is search and rescue. Now, I was trying to think of like a, like a catchy story, like something from my life about me getting lost and then you know, someone saving me. And I've never lived that kind of life. Uh, but one thing I used to do all the time in high school was run away. How many of you guys, actually, no, I won't ask you that, right? Okay. When I was in high school, I used to run away all the time, right? Why? Because my parents owned a small business, and what they used to do is, hey, after school, come to work, clean rooms, do laundry, count money. And I used to hate that. The reason why I hated it so much 
was because I didn't have a life. I couldn't hang out with my friends. I couldn't go to any sleepovers. Maybe some of you guys feel like that too. Maybe your parents are like, oh, you can't do anything. You need to just come home. Don't hang out with your friends, right? For me, that was such a frustrating thing. It was such a stressful thing that it got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to run away from home and do whatever I want. Oh, Pastor Tim, bad boy. And Raymond's just like, oh, whatever, old Adishi, right? So, okay. So I would run away from home. And it was actually a few weeks ago. I was driving to work and I like called my mom and I was like, you know, mom, like, you know, every time I used to run away in high school, and she'd be like, oh yeah, what about it? And I was like, mom, what about it? Like, I used to run away from home. Were you not worried about me? Because this is what would happen. I would run away from home, okay? I'll go to my friend's house, go to my favorite park, go to my favorite restaurants and spend all this money, eat and do whatever, right? And then later in that night, late in the evening or maybe the next day, I would drive home, come in, and my mom would be like, oh, did you eat? And we're like, I just ran away. You're not going to yell at me or something, right? So I would get really confused. But I was just like, whatever. My mom loves me, of course. She's going to let me come back home. But I was always curious, why did my mom not really care when I ran away? It didn't seem like she was looking for me or anything. But then she told me this story, uh, and I started crying as I was driving down the road to work, and I was like, oh my gosh, my life, right? Okay? I was driving to church, and my mom was telling me on the phone, she was like, Tim, you know, when you ran away from home, of course I was worried about you. Of course I was going crazy. I was angry. I was flipping tables. Maybe not flipping tables, right? She was like, I was so angry that you would run away from home. But your father would come to me and say this. Don't worry, I'll find him, right? My dad would get his shoes on, run out the door, right? He would go out and he would start driving to my favorite places, going to the restaurants I used to always go to, go to my friend's house. And as he would drive in the distance, he would see if my car was parked at whatever location. So if my dad saw me at the, in my friend's house or at the restaurant, then he would just come back home and say, well, Ma, don't worry. He's, he's just at his friend's house, right? And when I heard that, I said, oh my gosh, my parents love me, right? <laughs> I really did not realize, right, that God's love works exactly the same way. My father would go searching for me, even I had ran away from home. He would come searching for me and looking for me until he could find me and know where I was. And then go back home and tell mom. You see, God's love is not just an open door, right? Yeah, it's okay to not be okay because God will meet you where you are. But the crazy thing is this as well. God's love doesn't only accept you as you are, but God's love goes searching for you as well. God's love is on a desperate search for each and every one of you, whether you realize that or not. Okay? Think about it. Jesus tells a bunch of parables as well, right? Talks about the parable of the lost coin and the searching for this one sheep, even though there's 99, right? So if you guys didn't know, I have five sisters. I have six, we're six siblings altogether. I, I could have just said like, mom, like it's okay. Like one son, you don't need it. You have five other ones, right? No, that's not how God's love works, right? God's love works in a way that it goes searching for you, even if it's just one. That one coin that the lady lost in the parable, who cares? It's just one coin. You have nine others, right? But that's not how God works, right? God's love is totally on a different level. God's love is ravishly searching for you, right? So three points. Number one, it's okay to not be okay. Number two, love is an open door. Love is an open door. And three, search and rescue. This theme of wonder, I pray that each and every one of you guys really think about what is God's love all about? Why is this wandering okay? Why, why are we wandering, right? 
God's love is searching for each and every one of you, right? It's such a beautiful thing that once you experience the love of God, right, you'll never want to turn back from it.